0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, just so glad that you're with us here this morning on this beautiful weekend. Uh, I, uh, I, we're continuing a series through uh, the book of Titus. And what we're looking at is, is how we can still live uh, a godly life, even though we may be going through some difficult times. And it's so easy to lose our focus when we get taken off our game or things change, it's easy to, to begin to to look at what we're dealing with and get discouraged and lose our joy. Um, I, I remember when my son Wesley played t-ball when he was a little boy, and I the, the thing about watching t-ball that would just crack me up was not so much uh, just watching the kids go up to, to bat and hit the ball off the tee, and then and then try to run the bases. The best thing for me was watching the kids out in the outfield, because very rarely would a ball get hit out in the outfield. So the kids that had to play in the outfield would get so distracted, and it was it was as a parent watching the coach trying to get all the kids to focus was like trying to herd cats. It was just hilarious so the kids in the outfield would get so easily distracted so if there was a butterfly that flew around you'd just see the kid just walking away chasing after the butterfly or they would they would be they, after a while they would just give up and they would just sit in the grass and start picking dandelions and it was just it was so much fun to watch because they would just lose focus after a while they would just not be focused on the game or what was going on and uh, as I think back to those times th- those are the uh, that was a Fun thing to watch, watching T ball was watching how distracted everybody was out uh in the in the outfield. And here's the thing: it's so in our world today, it's so easy to lose focus and to get distracted uh, from what our calling is. And what we're gonna see today in the book of Titus is that Paul is encouraging Titus as he oversees um the churches on the island of Crete, and he's going to encourage him through this letter to say, listen, You keep focused and make sure that you focus the church on what they need to be focused on. And they lived in a very difficult society. Uh, They lived in a society that was very immoral. And it would be very easy for the church to get sidetracked on what God has called them to do. And so Paul gives Titus some very encouraging words on how to stay focused. And I believe these words are as relevant today as, as they were when Paul wrote them Um, to Titus. And one thing that that comes to mind is the person of Daniel. Um, I I love the story of Daniel. I know everybody, you know, all of us, you know, are reminded of Daniel in the uh, lion's den. And uh, we we, we know that story pretty well. But I want you to understand the, the situation that Daniel was brought into. He's taken out of his home country and he's brought into a completely different culture. And and when Daniel was brought there, he was wise, he was smart. And so he raised they they raised him up into uh, places of authority within the government. And Daniel was immersed in that culture. But the thing about Daniel's life, if you read about his life, he never lost his focus, even though he was in that culture, even though they uh, they taught him the culture that he lived in in Babylon. He never lost his focus in God. And here's here's the thing that Daniel focused on even as he was in a culture that was completely different from what he was used to De, uh, Daniel influenced the culture around him and uh, I want you to understand this this one key principle Daniel understood this very key principle and what Daniel did was is Daniel insulated his life without isolating himself from the culture so as we live in our culture today I, I want us to realize that God can give us a calling not just to shrink back and say, oh, look at all the things that are happening around us. But actually, God can use us to influence the culture around us because we have a different vision and we can look at the things that we're going through is God's plan. And, and God, how do you want to use us during this particular season? And so I want to encourage you today. I want to give you a different Focus today. So if you're if you're discouraged or you've lost some of your joy or some of your focus today, um, I want to encourage you today that as we look in God's word, that God can change that for you. That He can give you uh, a new plan and a new focus and a new vision. And so Daniel still had a good life in God while he was still faced with an ungodly culture. So so what does that mean? What does that mean for you and I today? as he lived for God, as he insulated his life, as he stayed faithful to God, as he stayed faithful to God's word, he made an impact in his culture. And so Daniel didn't uh, didn't just isolate himself from the culture, the world that he lived in, but he lived within that culture. Not only lived within that culture, but he thrived and he made an impact. So as we study. As we've been studying the book of Titus, this is exactly what Paul is is saying to Titus. Listen, you can make an impact within a society that is very anti-God or ungodly. You can still make a difference and live a good life and live an attractive life where people look at you and say, what is different about your life? Why aren't you reacting like everyone else is? Why aren't you reacting in fear and anxiety? Because our focus is. Is different. And so Paul writes to Titus and instructs him and, and gives him oversight on how he wants him to lead the church in Crete. Crete was a really interesting place. Uh, the island of Crete during that time was very immersed in, in Greek philosophy and Greek gods. Um, in fact, Paul quotes one of Crete's highly esteemed philosophers, Epimetides, and he said that Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. You know, it's just a great place to raise a family. I mean, this was a, this was a difficult culture that this church was established in. And so Titus would have difficulty not only from outside the church, but also for those within inside the church that some were trying to focus people away from salvation by faith, away from God's grace by saying, hey, you need to adhere to some of these Old Testament laws in order to truly be saved. And so here, Titus had his hands full. So now he's living within this uh, society that's immoral and they're enriched in Greek gods. And, and also he has some people within the church that are, are trying to move people away from God's grace and salvation by faith and God's grace, not by your works and what you do, but simply by God's grace. And so what we're going to see in a minute is what Paul does. What Paul does for Titus is he says, this is how I want you to have the church, uh, how I want you to focus the church, because not only do you have internal struggles with those that are trying to uh, change people and move people away from salvation, from grace, but then you've got the culture from without that is very immoral that are, are, are trying to vie for your attention. And so I want you to realize that we can thrive in the midst of op- opposition or we can thrive even in the midst of trials. God gives us a different calling. And so I want to see how God's grace can impact our lives to give us a fresh focus today. So our our good life in Christ can actually attract others to the gospel message. So what Paul does is he gives, he gives Titus the things that he should be focusing on and the things that the church should be focusing on. And so Paul in his letter will, will give these qualities that we should possess, that the church should possess such as self-control and love and faithfulness and integrity um, desires, uh, correct desires and sound teaching. And the result of this Paul says is a good life in Christ. So let me read for you Titus 2.10, and and this is what he says. If you're living that good life, this is what happens. He says, then they will make the teachings about God, our Savior, attractive in every way, which which Paul is saying is by the way you react to the culture, um, by the way you react to things that happen around you, uh, when your trust is in God, people are going to see a difference in you. And how you react to them. And it's actually going to be attractive. They're going to actually ask you. Why are you different? Why aren't you allowing these things. To just upend you. You know, Why are you not allowing these things. To rob you of your joy. It's because our focus. Is different. Now listen to Paul's words here. And, and I, I like. Um, I like what Tim Chester says here. He, he's, I love this. He says the truth that creates the good life. Is the gospel. And that's exactly what Paul's going to say to Titus. He's going to say, listen, the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ changes everything. It it doesn't matter what you go through. It's not going to change what Jesus Christ has done for us. So let's see what Paul says here to Titus as he leads, uh, as he leads the church here in in a very difficult culture and a very different, uh, difficult society. Titus two, and we're going to read verses 11 through 15. He says, for the grace of God has been revealed bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. Listen to what he says here. We should live we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. So he's not telling that you're going to be removed out of this very sinful world, but he said, listen, live with righteousness, devotion, and wisdom. Listen to what he tells Uh, listen to what Paul says to, to Titus here. He says, this is what I want you to do, and this is what I want the church to do. He says, even though we live in a very difficult world, he says, while we look forward with hope so that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. The focus is Jesus. The focus is the return of Christ. The focus is we will be with Jesus one day, even though we may live in very difficult times. He gives his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Even though you live in a difficult society, knowing what Christ has done for us, knowing God's grace, what it's going to do is it's going to lead us to, to constantly do good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary. So don't let anyone disregard what you say. Here's what Paul is saying. Don't get off your game. Don't lose your focus. Stay focused on these things. And so we're going to look at is How do we stay focused when we live in a world full of distractions? How do we stay focused on Christ? And not allow it to rob our joy and not allow it uh, to uh, rob our calling of who we are in Christ Jesus. So Paul exhorts Titus to live a good life before the world and to teach others, to teach the church and teach others to do the same. It's very easy to lose our way and to get caught up in things that really don't matter. Now, let me me ask you a question this morning. Uh, Have you ever made a big deal out of something only to realize later it wasn't that big of a deal? Have you you ever made a big deal out of something only to realize later it wasn't that big of a deal? And and we we have this saying where we say making a mountain out of a molehill. How many of us have ever made a mountain out of a molehill? You know, I think we can all admit this, that and me included, uh, that we can make a big deal sometimes. Out of minor issues. That that's what it means to make a mountain out of a molehill. And 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 I can do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it. I can do this uh, at many it's many times. And I, and I can hear my wife saying this to me when when I'm getting worked up about something that's not a big deal. That's a minor issue. I can hear my wife's voice whispering in my ear. Let it go, Barton. Just just let it go. Now I, it's not a frozen reference, so I'm not gonna sing. Let it go, let it go, right? It's it's so easy for us to get distracted and take these minor issues and make them huge. And so this is what Paul is saying to, to, to Titus. Here's how you focus, and here's how you not allow minor issues to become mountains and lose your focus on what God's calling is in your life. So Paul is telling, telling Titus to keep the church focused. Don't get sidetracked on meaningless things. So how... Do we do this? How do we stay focused in a world that's constantly vying for our attention? We live in a saturated media driven world at our fingertips. We constantly have information. We have our phones at our fingertips that are constantly vying for our attention. I mean, it's so hard if, if you have um, the Bible on your phone, the Bible app, and that's fine. And you read, read that. How many of you like me have got distracted because all of a sudden you see something pops up, a a text pops up and you're like, Oh, I'm trying to read God's word. But then there's, then there's this notification and then there's this notification. I've basically turned off all my notifications (laughs) on my phone because it can get so distracting from ESPN to your text to news notifications. There, there are so many things that just distract us and then there's God's voice who's trying to speak to us. Maybe, maybe just for a while, we just go back to our Bibles and open it up where there's no distractions, where we can't get any boop, pop up or notifications on our Bibles. Um, so so that we are not distracted because it's so easy to lose to lose focus. So how do we stay focused? And Paul gives some great things here. Paul gives some great wisdom uh, to Titus on how to, how to stay focused here. And here's what, he, he, here's what he, he shares. He says, listen, be committed to doing good deeds. He, Jesus has saved us. He's given us his, his grace. Be committed to doing good works. Live with devotion to God, knowing that we have this, this goal in mind. And I think what happens is the reason why we're so distracted is we don't have a goal in mind if if you 're easily distracted by everything that 's going on in your life and you wonder why there 's a heaviness sometimes in your heart in your life or or anxiety tends to take its toll on your life it 's because we 've lost focus now if you 're a runner, I have so much admiration for those of you that have run a marathon i have I, I run it 's more like a fast walk, but I do like to jog i You know I may do two and a half miles a day, maybe three miles. And I'm sometimes when I'm I'm running, you know, I'll have, you know, I'll have I'm listening to a podcast or, or whatever, but I'm thinking to myself, I only ran three miles. I can't imagine running a marathon. How does one stay focused to run that many miles and not give up? It's all about focus. You can't get distracted, you can't lose your focus. So how do we uh live with devotion to God and not get distracted? And, and not lose our focus. Well, what Paul says here to Titus, he goes, live with this anticipation, with this goal in mind, that Christ is going to return. Be, pre- be prepared and don't get sidetracked. So he gives us some ideas on, on, on what we are to do so we don't get sidetracked. So think of a time in your life where you were just focused on something. Maybe it was focused on, um, maybe back in January, end of December, you said, my focus My New Year's resolution is I'm going to join the gym, right? And now we can't go to the gym. So what are you doing? Did you just give up and say, oh, praise God, I don't have to go to the gym because they're not open. Or did you say, you know what? I'm going to focus on, you know, working out in my basement or continue to do whatever I can do. I walk outside. I'll run outside. I'm going to still focus on this because I still... Uh, need to lose some pounds did you say focus or did you just give up and just bake bread all day and bake cookies all day that's what's happening in our house you know it, it's just we've just ballooned and weight because we're just eating bread and cookies and um did, did you lose your focus Here, here's the here's the thing remember a time where you stayed focused and you met that goal you were like you're excited about it you're like man i I, I put my mind to it, and I said I was going to lose 5 or 10 or 15 pounds. Whatever your goal was, I'm going to read through this book, or I'm going to learn something new. And you just put your focus, and you're excited about it because you, you put everything into it. I can remember when I got married, like it was yesterday, and this was 30 years ago. Next month will be Kathleen and I's 30th anniversary. I hear everybody clapping. Yeah, woohoo! yeah. Praise God for Kathleen. She's a saint. So 30 years ago, I remember the day I got married, I was I was in the, the pastor's office. And I was pumped. I, I mean, I was ready. I mean, I can remember the effort that went into getting married. I remember we went through uh, marital classes and we wrote our own vows And we, you know, planned for the wedding or at least Kathleen planned for the wedding. Uh, We got everything ready. Kathleen made her own wedding dress. I mean, we were we were we were ready. We were prepared. And I'm in the office and I'm like Rocky before the fight, man. I'm pumped. I'm like, let's do this, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, I am so excited about getting married and it it ran late. I I can't remember. We were late. I don't know what happened. I'm thinking to myself, did Kathleen have second thoughts? Is she still here? I mean, I, I'm so pumped up. I mean, I've got my tucks on, my socks matched. I'm ready to go. I was prepared for this thing. And I remember walking out of the pastor's office, which went onto the, the platform of the church. And I'm standing there. And then I see Kathleen coming out of a side door and walking down in her white dress. And she's coming down. And I'm like, this is awesome. I, I was so prepared for this, so focused on this. Nothing was going to distract me uh, from from getting married and being devoted to Kathleen. That was our that was the focus. And I, it was exciting. It, it was it was exciting. And so as, as we prepared for our, our wedding day, I didn't want to do anything to ruin that day. I wanted to be prepared. My devotion was to Kathleen. I was excited. I went through the marriage class. I did the things that would prepare us to get married. I was excited about that. I was focused on getting married to Kathleen. This was this was exciting for me. I was pumped up. I was I was ready. I was ready to go. And and this is this is Paul's point. He's saying, "Listen. Don't allow the things around you to distract you from Christ that one day he's going to return." that we're going to see him one day. Don't, don't, don't get distracted from that. Live, live your life. I lived my life in our engagement because I lived that way because I was preparing myself to get married to my wife. I was prepared for it. And what, what, Paul, what Paul is saying is live your life with the focus that you're preparing yourself to meet the Lord one day. And what that will do is, listen, this is so good. What that will do is, is keep distractions out of your life. It will, it will keep you from not becoming uh, focused on other things because your hope now is Jesus is coming back and, and I want to live for him. And so what Paul says the way you live for him is, is by doing good deeds, doing all the things he's called you to do. Not that life is going to be easy, that we're not going to have struggles, but what gives me hope is that knowing we're going to see the Lord one day. Now, for Kathleen and I, um, that was the day before Skype and emails and all that. We had to actually write handwritten letters to each other and stick it in the mail. We were separated for for a time. And, um, you know, that that was hard. But it made my devotion to her even more because I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that we were going to be married one day. And so that kept me focused Here's what Paul's saying. Don't lose your focus. That Christ will come back one day and all the things that we're faced with here. Listen, we can get through it. God can use it for your growth, but don't let it distract you from the hope that we have that we're going to see Christ one day. Amen. That that's this. This is so important for us to understand so we don't get discouraged. So here's Paul. Paul says that's our focus that Christ is going to come back. Don't get distracted no matter what we're going through now. God will use it, so let's not get distracted. So so the truth of Christ's return compels us to actually live a good life. So this is what motivates us to stay focused and and continually be devoted to Christ and doing the things that he's called us to do. So Paul tells us to focus on Christ's return and what he has for us, And don't lose that focus. And if we do that, um, our lives are going to reflect that. The way we live our lives is going to reflect that. That we have this hope that we one day will indeed see Jesus Christ. And hopefully that's seen in the way we live our everyday life. And so what are we focusing on? Whatever you focus on will dictate your life and how you live. Whatever you put, whatever you reverence will dictate the way you live your life. So if, if we're saturated in this world, with trying to please this world and trying to please other people and our material things, that's what's going to motivate us. And I'll tell you what, at the end, it's not going to give you a lot of joy or satisfaction. I like what Dar- uh, Dr. Mark Rutland says here. He says, he's talking about true character. He says, a man's true character is known not so much by what he learns or earns or owns. But, but by this, what does he reverence? What what are the things are you looking at? What are the things that you hold up in high esteem? He says, likewise, entire civilizations are shaped by what they revere as worth is assigned to things, persons, institution, a society carves out its character. And so Titus was faced with a culture that was just worshiping Greek gods. That's what they revered. That's what they focused on. And as goes the Cretan gods, so go the people. They modeled what they believed in their gods, which was seen in their immorality. So we are shaped by what we revere. So if we truly believe that Christ will return one day, that we will see him one day. How is that shaping the way I live now? The, the way I live my life and my engagement to Kathleen was shaped because I knew I was going to marry Kathleen one day. That was my devotion. I, I was devoted to that. I was devoted to her. I don't want to do anything to hurt Kathleen or a relationship because I was focused uh, on our marriage. And one day that we would be married. I was, I was looking forward to that. What drives us to live a good life? And I want you to see that Paul says, here should be the motivating factor that drives us to live a good life in Christ Jesus. And it should be the grace of God. The grace of God compels us to live differently. God's grace gives us the right focus. And so here are some things that Paul gives Titus to help us to keep focused. And if we have a correct understanding of God's grace and what what he has done through us, through his son, Jesus Christ, it will motivate us to live correctly and have the right focus. And so what are a couple of things here? Well, here's what, here's what Paul says. He says, God's grace gives us a new love. We understand that through God's grace, we don't earn it, deserve it, or merit it. God loves us and he gave his son for us, not based on what I did or all my good works. God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ came and Jesus Christ still gave his life for us. It wasn't dependent on my religiosity or how good I thought I was. God's grace gives us this new love. I'm not trying to compete For God's love, let that be the focus of your life that that we don't have to earn God's love, that his grace is freely given to us, even though we don't earn it or or deserve it. It's freely given to us through Christ Jesus, that he gave his life for us, not based on my performance. And so there is no greater feeling. Listen, there's no greater feeling than when you come to the realization that you don't have to win God's love. Serving my wife is something that I don't have to do. It's something I want to do. I'm not serving her to win Kathleen's love. It's not like she says, Barden, you have to do these certain things in order to win my love. I know she loves me and my love for Kathleen compels me to want to serve her. And this is what Paul is saying. Let the love of God compel you to serve Christ as you're anxiously waiting For his return and knowing that you'll see him one day. I serve Christ because I love him, but not to win his love. That type of love can only come through the grace of God. It's not this contractual love. It's this covenantal love. A a contractual love will say, if you do this, then I'll do this. But a covenantal love speaks these words. I'll never leave you or, or forsake you. That nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That's a covenantal love. When, when you stand, you know, when, when, when you get married and you're standing before your spouse, you know, you say vows to each other. And what are those vows? Do you remember your vows, right? To, to never leave you or forsake you, for richer or poorer, for in sickness and in health. That's a vow, that's, a, that's covenantal language. That's not a contract. You're not standing before each other and say, hey, as long as you take out the garbage and you make the bed and you do the laundry and you do this. I mean, you're not standing before someone and you're saying those things. You're saying covenantal vows. That's the type of love that God has with us. Aren't you glad that you don't have to win christ over by your performance if we did we would be miserable it would never be enough i would always feel inadequate i would i would always have to feel like i did i do enough in order to please god but when we're motivated by god's grace we understand that this grace that was given to us was not given to us by our merit or what we've done or by our performance it's simply given to us because god unconditionally loves us trying to win someone's approval by our performance is a never ending pursuit it will never be enough it'll never be enough if you're trying to win God's God's favor through your pursuits or your religious pursuits you'll always feel inadequate God's grace changes the way we love and so God's grace changes all of all, everything it's, it's a totally new way to live your life here's the second thing I want you to see that can help give us focus and not lose our way is that God grace gives us a new identity. And so as we live for Jesus, now it's not this uh, performance thing or my achievements. It's God changes everything about my life. Chasing achievements to gain self-worth is like running on a treadmill. It's going nowhere fast in a hurry. You're just going no, You're just simply just you're on the hamster wheel, right? It, it, that's what trying to chase achievements. It's never going to be enough. And so look at what Paul states in verse 14. Paul says he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin to cleanse us and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good works. That should be our focus now. We are God's children, not based on what we have done. And so it's easy for us to buy the lie that says, That we have to do something and we have to achieve something so that we feel valuable. This is who I am by what I achieve or or by what I do. But Jesus achieved something for us that we could not do for ourselves. Jesus achieves everything for us so that we would lack nothing. God's grace changes all this. Focus on God's grace and what he's done for you Don't chase after achievements and trying to pursue God through your own strength. It will never, ever work. Allow your identity to be in Christ, not by who you think you are, by what you've achieved. I like what Tim Keller says here. He says, we need to stop coming to God and saying, look at what I've done. Look at my trophies or or look at all I've been through or all I have suffered. God simply wants us to look to him and confess, you're all I need. And here's the last thing I want you to see about God's grace that can keep our focus during these crazy times where it's so easily to get distracted. And I know, listen, it's for some of you, maybe you're just watching way too much news and it just gets you discouraged. And, And I would say, don't allow that to rob your hope. The return of Christ and who Jesus is trumps all of that. It, 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 it's over all of that. It doesn't change who Jesus is and what he's done, even though, even though we're, we're anxious and we're wondering how is this all going to work out. Here's the third thing about God's grace that Paul told us to focus on. God's grace gives us a new hope. Nothing in this world can compare to what God has in store for those who put their hope in him. God's grace and what he's done for us through Christ Jesus gives us this new hope. Listen to Paul's words again. He says, while we look forward with what? While we look forward with what? With anxiousness? While we look forward with, with no faith? He says, while we look forward with hope, God's grace gives us this new hope that he's taking care of everything. He says, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Has the distractions of our world today robbed that hope in your heart? Has it? Are you, are you watching the news way too much? Have you allowed the fear of the unknown?" Of, of what we're going through now, rob your hope of that glorious day when Christ is going to be revealed and he's going to make everything right. Where, where, is your, where is your hope today? Paul, in writing the Corinthians, says this. He says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined but God is prepared for those who love him. I don't think we have any idea truly how glorious heaven is going to be. Here's one of my, one of my regrets, because I tend to worry a lot. That's, that, that's a flaw in my life. I've got to constantly battle against you know how is this going to work out? And anxiety in my heart—that's a flaw in my life that I constantly have to work on. One of my one of the regrets I have in my life that that I don't want to get to the end of my life and end up seeing Christ and being in heaven, and then realizing that I worried way too much. You know, thinking, Barden, why did why did you spend so much time focusing on this, that, and the other when it really didn't amount to anything? It it really it, it really didn't come to fruition, but yet yet I spent so much time worrying on that. And these words of Paul are so true that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. If you love Jesus Christ and you put your hope in him, he has a glorious future for us. And I know for me, I've got to be very careful and I've got to guard my heart to not allow what we're going through now to rob that glorious future that he has for us. That, that doesn't mean that um, that we, we don't have concerns or we, we shouldn't prepare or we shouldn't be wise during these times. But let it not usurp what God has in store for us, the hope that it has for each and every one of us who love God. Do you love God today? Have you put your hope in him? Then his grace will flood your life. His grace will give you a new identity. His grace will give you a a true sense of what love is all about. And that will hold us. That will protect us through difficult times if we allow it. So let me ask you a question. Where has your focus been lately? Where have you been spending a lot of your time? Where Where has your mind been camped out lately? Has it been camped out on on all the news feeds and which creates anxiety. Has it, has it been a constant diet of news, news and, and more news? Are you discouraged? Do you, do you feel overwhelmed? Because I know in our, cl- in our climate today, it's easy to feel that way. I want us to shift our focus back to what Paul said to Titus, to have our hope and knowing that Christ is going to return, that, that we will see him one day, that, that all the things, the effects of sin that has, that has scarred this world, Christ is going to renew all those things and make them new again. Is, is that your hope today? So I would encourage you today to put your hope in Christ. He said, Listen, I want to give you my peace. In this world, listen, you're going to have all kinds of trials and tribulations, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Where is your hope today? Has, has the situation in our world today robbed you of that joy and robbed you of, of your focus. So I, I, would, I would tell you to go to God's word, to go to God with your fears, go to Christ with, with your anxieties and give them to him and allow him to fill you with his peace. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you his comfort today so that we don't lose our focus as individuals And a church. I want to be like Daniel. (laughs) That even though he was faced with a horrible situation with being ripped out of his homeland and going into a completely different culture. He didn't allow that to thwart what God wanted to do through his life. And he used it to allow God to show his glory through Daniel's life. And not only that, but he thrived in that difficult culture. Let me say this. Can we still thrive and live a good life in Christ in what we're going through now? Absolutely yes. If we allow God to do his work through us. So allow your life, as Paul said, to be attractive to others who are looking for hope. And if, and if what COVID-19 has done anything for us, for this whole world, it should be humbling us to realize that ultimately we're not in control. And my prayer for you is that this would humble your heart, that you would seek something greater than what you see around you, that you would seek Christ and know that he gave his life for you, that there's a security that comes with knowing Jesus, that he is in control, that he is going to come back. And as Paul wrote these words 2000 years ago to maybe a church that, that was hurting or anxious or, or not sure, those words, as important as they were then, are are important for us to hear today, that we need to hear from God. And so I'm gonna pray for you today for those of you that are just struggling, maybe for those of you who've not put your hope in Christ Jesus, I wanna pray for you today. And that and that doesn't mean that everything's gonna be wonderful in our lives or perfect, but what it does mean is that our is that our hopelessness changes to hope because our hope is in a solid foundation in Christ Jesus who conquered this world for us so I want to pray for you today thank you for letting me bring God's word to you today and listen if you if you're if, if you need prayer or or you're watching today and, and you just have questions um, please go to our website there's a connect tab and just fill that out there's a there's a, a prayer link, that a prayer tab that you can ask for prayer or any questions. We will follow up with you and we care about you and we want you to know how much Christ loves you. And so we don't want you to feel alone or feel discouraged during this time that there are people that love and care for you and want to show you the hope that you can have in Christ Jesus. So take advantage of that and, and uh, just open yourself up to allow people to pray for you and to help you through this. And uh, and I know Christ will give you his hope and give you a new life in him. Amen? So let me let me pray for you today, and let's ask the Lord just to help us. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the encouraging words we read here in, in the book of Titus. Lord, I pray for anyone here that's just watching today, that's just discouraged, have lost their focus or their hope, or they've been in... Immersed in these things, or maybe maybe just going through this situation in our world today has has kind of maybe pulled the rug from them, or maybe they feel like, boy, I'm I'm worried. I'm not really in control as I thought I was. Lord, I I pray that you would show them that you are in control, Jesus. That Jesus, you conquered this world for us, and even though we may go through tribulation, our hope is in you. That you will return one day that you will make all things right again. And so we put our hope in you. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are just struggling and discouraged today, that you would fill them with your hope today, that they would turn their hearts to you. Uh, Your word says that anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You rescue us, Jesus, from, from the hopelessness of this world. And So, Lord, I just pray for anyone that's going through that now and that you would fill them with your love and your hope as we pray for them now. And we thank you, Jesus, for your words. We thank you for who you are and what you've done for each and every one of us. Thank you that it's not anything that we've done, but it's everything that you've done for us. And it's just us putting our faith and our trust in you and the grace that you provided for us. It's us trusting in you that changes everything. It has nothing to do with how religious we are. It has everything to do by us placing our faith in you and believing that you have come to rescue us from our sins. And so Lord, we give our lives to you and we just thank you for this time. And we ask all these things and we want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' most precious, wonderful name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, we want to thank you guys for joining us uh, today. We love you, we miss you. We're, we're looking forward to the day uh, when we can gather again uh, physically Uh, But I'm so glad that we're able to connect this way also. So we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.